Morning Show with Justin and Ailish. Monday morning, Gunning and Ennis. I want to hear this part of the song. Yeah. <laughs> this is it, folks. Well, we requested to have our favorite guests to round out the show, but Kevin Barker was busy. So we're here with our insider <laughs> brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, <laughs> where you can expect... Where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom, visit DonValleyReflexes.com. Jeff Blair, best for last. How are you? Right. You know what? I was thinking off the air. I'm like, I'm going to get Jeff on a good joke. But you know what? Great minds think good, alike. Good radio minds right there. There you go. Well, Great even. Not as good as Garrett Cole. He's a pretty good good pitcher, is he not? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't have a Cy Young vote, but if I did, I guess I'd... I'd know where where it would be going after last night. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, I don't know what to make of it, right? I mean, it's Garrett Cole. He's done that to the Blue Jays before. He's done that to a lot of other teams before. He's really really the only guy in the Yankees who's got anything to play (laughs) for or pitch for right now. So I kind of expected that. But at the same time, it it is a um, not very subtle reminder that, um, you know, this team's lineup as it is, once you get to the playoffs, regardless of the playoff series you're in, whether it's um, whether it's Tampa or Minnesota, you're going to run into pitching that may not be as good as Garrett Cole, but it's going to be better than a lot of the pitching you've beaten up recently. And that would really concern me. You know, Sonny Gray is capable of doing to them what Garrett Cole did Tyler Glasnow is capable of doing that. They see him tonight. They'll get him one more time in the regular season. And you'd have to think if they end up facing Tampa in the playoffs, which is certainly Tampa and Minnesota, the two possibilities, you're going to be getting him and Zach Eflin in in the Tampa series. So, yeah, that's really concerning, the fact that one of the game's elite pitchers could barely break a sweat against that lineup. Um, so was, not surprising, but obviously mm-hmm. concerning. I was listening to your post-game chat with uh, Barker, and you mentioned a lot about how they're unable to make in-game adjustments um, and, and not against the, the best of the best, and that's what they're going to face moving forward. So what do you mean by that? Like, how are they not able to adjust when you know it's going to be Garrett Cole, you know he's going to win the AL Cy Young, but you're still not able to find a way to muster up much? Yeah, I mean, I think when people talk about adjustments, like I I don't think, you know, we're not always talking about changing your batting stance mm-hmm. halfway through the game or anything. I mean, obviously guys are going to do what they're going to do. Like my friend Barker would say it probably wouldn't hurt to move around in the box a little bit, which this team doesn't do and most teams don't do anymore and you used to see all the time. I mean, it makes it, it would seem to make common sense. Uh, or to be common sense that you would shuffle around in the box a bit and you know try to change the point of contact, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the thing with Garrett Cole is simply, you know, other than other than Alejandro Kirk, who took took an outside pitch, you know, to the opposite field, center field, opposite field, and and hit a double. Um, a, a very simplistic approach, and really the only thing you can do against a guy like Garrett Cole. It just seemed as if. It seemed as if the Jays players were, like, you know, you're getting his fastball. Um, let's try to swing at it, regardless of where it, it it's located. And I think against a guy like Garrett Cole, you kind of, I mean, you've almost got to pick a spot, right? You say, okay, I, you know, I'm looking for a fastball in this part of the plate, and 
If I get it, I'm going to try to put a good swing on it. If I don't, well, he's Garrett Cole, and, you know, that's kind of the way it is, the old you tip your cap to him. And, and I just think that's, uh, I mean, that's been the hallmark of this team for most of the season is they just don't seem to be able to deviate from whatever plan it is they have. And that's good if the plan's working. It's not so good if the plan isn't working. Uh, it was an option, so I guess you had to do it even if you can kind of quibble with it a little bit. But Vladimir Guerrero Jr. comes off the bench and basically encounters the worst-case scenario, I think, where uh, he's unproductive in that pinch hit and has to sprint down the line on uh, the injured knee or the knee that's at least uh, mired in some discomfort. Uh, how this has played out over the last two days, what we heard last night uh, from John Schneider and as we look towards this Tampa series has the concern around Vlad, at least from an appearance standpoint, been alleviated at all? Do you feel better, less concern? Because Vladdy, even if just a guy who belongs in the middle of the order to make things a little bit more difficult on a Glasnow or a Cole, like it's important that he's there even if he's still dealing with some of the issues he's been dealing with all season. But from what you've heard and what you've seen, less concern that Vladdy's going to be an impact for the Blue Jays down the stretch here. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I think he's been hurt all year, uh, you know, not serious, seriously enough that it, that it would require a stint on on the uh, on the IL. But I've kind of been suspicious about his wrist for most of the season. He mentioned yesterday in his pregame availability, you know, I kind of mentioned out of the blue that he'd had this this wrist this wrist issue as well as a knee. So. I kind of think that it's probably something that's been lingering for a while. Uh, it's something that uh, he's been, you know, he's been playing through. I mean, the thing about Vladdy is he does play every day, whether he's DHing or hitting. He, you know, he posts up. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm still concerned because I mean, you saw the lineup without Vladdy. Like, I understand people love Davis Schneider. They love the story. They love the mustache. He's over 26. Mm-hmm. In September, you know, in in the most important part of the year, um, <laughs> it, it is entirely possible that Davis Schneider is just kind of an okay twenty fifth or twenty sixth guy, uh, just as Spencer Horowitz is an okay lefty bat off the bench. I, I think, it, it, and it's understandable. Again, it's a great story, and you know, kind of the classic baseball story, a guy that nobody thinks much of, works hard, works his way up through the organization, takes his best shot, and has a great start to his major league career. And I mean, he's earned himself a contract for next year, so that's all been fine and good. But I think we kind of need to pump the brakes a bit on on the idea that, uh, you know, Davis Schneider is a guy that can be a difference maker for this team. He has been, uh, he was when he first came up, but there's a lot of, videotape on him now uh there's a new scouting report on him now i would think and again now you're facing elite pitchers and the thing the thing you're going to run into in tampa that you didn't run into in new york and you're going to run into in the postseason is you're also going to run into an elite bullpen Mm -hmm. and and, i mean there's there there aren't going to be too many too many breaks for this lineup going forward so i mean i didn't have an issue with pinch hitting vladdy i think in that situation, you got to take your best shot. The innings unraveling, uh, you know, you 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 already know you're in the bullpen. 
Um, why not have a guy who is still <laughs> as bad as his year is got 24 home runs and 90 ribbies? Uh, why not have him take a shot and try to try to hit one out of the park and uh, you know and and, and tie the game? Uh, a park, by the way, that he hits very well in. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I didn't have any problem with that move. David Schneider won Blue Jays Minor League Player of the Year yesterday, so maybe he was just overjoyed with emotion and unable to perform at a high level. Um, <laughs> but he's got that. Possible. He's got that to add to the trophy cabinet of this year. Uh, we're chatting with Jeff Blair, host of Blair and Barker. Um, okay, so the next couple days or series here, uh, we'll see some elite pitching, and we'll see some teams that. I mean, we saw the rest of the Blue, uh, the Yankees that were uninspiring. Uh, but Nate Pearson almost had a real rough, another blip on his resume last night. I guess it starts, we've had the Nate Pearson conversation many times, but it's resurfaced again. And I wonder for you if Nate Pearson is someone that is a trade piece or a move on piece in the offseason. And he definitely owes George Springer, as Justin was saying, a couple beers for the way he uh, held him in and kept his ERA down a little bit last night. Yeah, I mean, I think without um, without question, he has to be a you know a trade chip. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't see any way now. Let me let me rephrase that because a lot of the you know, a lot will depend on what they do with Jordan Hicks. If I'm the Blue Jays, I try to resign Jordan Hicks because mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks is exactly the type of guy that I'm going to end up looking for at the trade deadline, right? Uh, and if if Jordan Hicks does come back. Uh, the bullpen, the way it is now, given some of the options they have in AAA as well, some of the dudes they have coming up. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Nate Pearson. I, I thought Nate Pearson was a change of scenery guy two years mm-hmm. ago. Um, I bought in a little bit this year because we saw some flashes uh, of the the pitcher that some people think he can be. You know, we, the curve is really. I, I like the curve fastball combination. Um, John Wetland used it to effect when he was with the the Expos and then went on to, to pitch for the Yankees. I think it's a it's a good combination for a uh, closer. But yeah, he just he's not a leverage guy for me. Uh, and if you can get something for him, uh, whether it's straight up or more likely part of a package, I think he's. I mean, I think he's as good as gone because this team is going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting in the off season. They're not going to be able to address all their issues through free agency. I mean, the good news is the pitching's pretty solid. Uh, I, you might want to add a free agent to give you a little bit of wiggle room in case Manoa doesn't come back or in case Bassett or Gosman go in the IL next year. But your focus has to be on adding. Gosh, I think you've got to add. You've got to be looking at adding two or three hitters to this lineup. And if that's the case, you're not going to be able to address that issue in free agency. You're probably going to have to trade to get that commodity. And if you look around the organization, you ask yourself, all right, where, you know, where is the? Who are the guys that, because of a combination of depth, or because you know they're the the type of pitcher or the type of player that. You know, baseball teams think that they can they can reinvent. Uh, who's more most likely to go? And I think I think Nate Pearson would ab- would absolutely be that guy. I mean, that stuff plays. It's just a matter of unleashing it. It's weird. It's a matter of unleashing it and also harnessing it. And, and I guess what really concerns me about Nate Pearson is, you know, that we've had so many false starts with him, and it's still the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the same old thing, time and time again. So. Yeah, I think he's he's an obvious trade candidate for this team going forward. 
uh, maybe less obvious, but Alec Manoa definitely falls into the same category for many reasons. Of course, he has the season-ending injections reported on this uh, week uh, from Ben Nicholson-Smith. Do you have an off-season prediction for Alec Manoa? I mean, last time we talked to you, you are kind of teasing. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot. I-, I think we're going to learn a lot about Alec Manoa and his season eventually, even though it seems to be uh, shrouded in secrecy and the unknown as we speak now. Uh, but something has to happen, it seems like, here with Manoa. Just, like, showing up again for training camp is not probably not preparing uh, to be a pitching staff that's going to be, or at least preparing to have a pitching staff that's going to perform at the same rate. So what do you expect in terms of, like, the final chapter here, at least on this season for Alec Manoa? I mean, I, I honestly have I honestly have no idea. Uh, I, I, I just... I just don't, other than I know that the relationship between Alec Manoa and the organization isn't great right now. Um, There's a lot of frustration. I'm sure there's frustration on both sides. It's not entirely the same as we saw with Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez was, when he was here, had a finger issue that that was just never... It was just never addressed to everybody's satisfaction. And eventually both sides just got so tired of each other. They said, look, we're just going to move on. Um, I don't think that's the case with Alec Manoa. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, in terms of a trade, I don't think you'd get anything for Alec Manoa anyhow. I, I just, I don't know if we are ever going to know the full story. I'm surprised it hasn't come out by now. And I'm, I'm not saying I know what it is, what it in air quotes is. But I'm surprised the full story hasn't come out by now. It's been going on for four months. I, I think maybe at some point in spring training or going into spring training, Alec Manoa will sit down with somebody and let us know, uh, let us know what's happened. But he's the guy we need to hear from now. The organization mm-hmm. isn't going to say anything. Uh, for all we know, there may be... For all we know, there may be reasons the organization can't say anything. I mean, we, we, we just don't know. It's going to be up to Alec Manoa to fill us in on the details and, and ultimately, I think, up to Alec Manoa to repair whatever damage uh, has, been, you know, has been done to this, to, to this organization and whatever damage has been done to the relationship. Uh, but, I, I mean, I hope, I hope he comes back and I, I, I hope he's good to go because... You know, Kevin Gossman and and uh, and Chris Bassett aren't getting any younger, <laughs> and uh, they've been you know knock on wood they've been healthy so far this year. I think you really have to ask yourself, okay, what are the odds you're going to get through another season without an IL stint for those dudes? Because there's a lot of innings. They pitched a lot of innings. They pitched a lot of high leverage situations. You, you almost have to bake in an IL possibility for one of those guys next year. So where's your cover come from? I mean, you say Kikuchi is part of the answer. The good thing about Jose Barrios, again, knock on wood, is the guy's never been in the IL. He's always healthy. He'll always answer the bell. But, man, if Alec Manoa come back, can come back and just be, if he can come back and be a good, solid fourth starter next year, that would be a, a, a boon to the Blue Jays organization. How do they approach the unknowns in terms of what Manoa will bring to this team when you think about free agency and Ryu and adding someone? Because you're right, he could come in and be a four starter, or he could, or he could come back and be as un, unhelpful to this roster as he mm-hmm. was this year. So how do you kind of cover your bases in a sense? I mean, I don't think you spend, I don't think you spend a great deal of money on it uh, because you've you've 
you know, you've got other other issues you have to fill. But again, it's it's not like, I mean, unless I, I'm sure they'll make a call in Shohei Otani because I'm sure most teams will make a call in Shohei Otani. But beyond that, it's not like there's you know who it's not like there's a difference maker out there. I mean, Blake Snell would be yeah. Every team in baseball would take Blake Snell. I can't imagine the Jays would, uh, you know, would 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 go after him that hard. I mean, it would give them a nuclear rotation, and and we'd all love to see it. But I, you know, I think it's it's pretty obvious what this team needs to do next year to get better, and and you got to focus on that. I, my sense is, you know, you hope that Ricky Tiedemann stays healthy and he's kind of had a promising finish to his season so that's good he's obviously a candidate uh for the rotation next year i would think despite his injury issues so maybe you hope that a guy like ricky tiedemann emerges i'm sure you'll see the blue jays there might be like a mid-level free agent they can sign uh somebody who will give them a little bit of support but not necessarily not necessarily be among their top four um, it, it, it's, you know, that's why to me that the, the, the biggest, the most promising story, I guess, out of this season for the Blue Jays stories was kind of the, the rediscovery of Yusei Kikuchi and Jose Barrios looking more like the dude that they offered a seven year contract to. Cause that, that gives me a lot of confidence going forward. Um, based on what we've seen from those two guys next year, I mean, let's say let's say the unforeseeable or let's say Gossman can't answer the bell to start the year or Bassett can't answer the bell to start the year. You would have no problem starting the year with Jose Barrios or you say Kikuchi playing a big role in your rotation. And, you know, that's probably the best insurance you have right now. Blue Jays are about to start a three-game set against the Rays down at the Trop. Uh, it'll be Ryu, Bassett, and Kikuchi for us and Glasnow at least tonight. Um, they're also calling up the number fifth ranked prospect in baseball, twenty-year-old uh, mm-hmm. Junior Caminero, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. making his jump from Double A. Dominated the minors this season, uh, batting three twenty-four, thirty-one home runs across Single A. Yeah, so they're in a, they're not mailing it in here. Of course, they're playing for something as well. So a big weekend for the Blue Jays. What do you need? from them either you know a series win in general but what do you need in terms of confidence that you that this team can make a push here um and maybe play the Rays again when it matters uh what what i really need is uh seattle or texas one of the two of them to sweep (laughs) true (laughs) pick 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 a team either team that that's what i really need uh well i i think it i think winning the series winning the series it would be that would be mission accomplished. Um, you know, you just, I mean, it sounds really silly, but at this point you just have to win and check the scoreboard and it doesn't really matter how you do it or, you know, whether you dominate or whether you, you fluke one out. I mean, based on what we've seen from the blue Jays recently, you'd have to hope that Tyler Glasnow has a couple of wild pitches in him and, you know, and, and and that maybe Tampa kicks the ball around, which they probably won't because they're Tampa. But I, if if you're the Jays, two of three would be two of three would be an accomplishment here. Then you come home and you're going to face more good pitching at home, a place where you haven't hit this year. Mm-hmm. So it's just it really is just it's just a matter of winning the game in front of you. Um, I know that's a real cliche, but that's that's really all you can do. And given this lineup. 
Um, that's, I think, the only expectations you can have for this team is, you know, a, a 3-1 win where the other team wild pitches in a run or, or, or walks in a run with the bases loaded. That's kind of the way this this thing is going to have to be going forward because it's it's pretty clear you're not getting any, any type of offensive explosion uh, out of this team. But it is, I mean, it's, it's the, what the Rays are doing is just such a Rays thing. Right, it's just it's it's such a race thing bringing up a guy in September who will probably give your lineup a jolt in mm-hmm. the same way that all these kids that the Orioles have brought up have given their lineup a jolt, and it's it's just a, such a change from uh, from from the way things used to be done. You know, teams never used to like just bring up their top prospects and throw them into the the middle of a pennant race, right? It always used to be this thing, oh, do you really want to do that? Do you want to upset the chemistry? Do you want to upset the dynamic? Do you want to upset the momentum? What if the guy, the the lights are, are too bright for him? Teams don't worry about that anymore. So I'm sure this kid will come up and probably go three for four in one game. <laughs> I, I, it's just because it's the race. Yep. Well, that all begins tonight. Uh, Jeff, appreciate you jumping on with us and for always being a loyal uh, morning show guest for us. Uh, depending on the hour, you've always come on and given us a lot of good stuff. We appreciate it. And we'll see you around the studio a little bit more moving forward. Uh, hopefully Absolutely. with the Blue Jays, with them still playing. That would be nice for all of us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, get used to uh, get used to seeing pictures from your friends in bars. <laughs> hey, you're on TV. I can't get away from you anywhere. I get that all the time from my oh, daughter in Ottawa funny. when she's out with her friends. Yeah. You know, I, in the middle of the show, I get this picture. She'll say, stop it. So, hey, Dad, uh, leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. I can't even go out and drink without having you around. <laughs> no, listen, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you guys, uh, I think I sent you an email. You guys really grew a lot together. Um, you have a, have a real good chemistry. You developed a really good show. Um, I'll put it this way. I, I'm not getting up at 7.30, 8 o'clock for too many people. Oh, there well, you thank so, you, Jeff. Um, <laughs> and you guys will kill it. Thank you. Pre-game show. Thank you very much. We really appreciate the kind words, um, and we will definitely chat with you very shortly and Absolutely. at better hours for all of us. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Exactly. Thanks, Jeff. That's Jeff Blair, host of Blair and Barker, and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Two years of reading that and never got a Lexus, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a way to that's the way to complete on, the sponsorship guys. portion of the Well, maybe the now that I don't, I won't be, you know, doing the reads, it's a, not a conflict of interest and they can just hand me over Lexus. No, that might be the case. Yeah, I think that was what was missing. Yeah, there, there you go. If, if Ben and Brent get a Lexus, oh, oh uh, you it's were, over You were going to raise hellfire. <laughs> I just might. Um, all right. Well, that was a lovely chat with Jeff. Um, Blue Jays back in action tonight. And yeah, it doesn't get easier on the mound. Uh, Tyler Glasnow is no... Garrett Cole, but he is a hard pitcher to hit against, and they struggled with that last night. Garrett Cole played uh, eight innings pitched, obviously just wrapping up that Cy Young while he can, but Blue just got to figure out a way to get to good pitchers because that's what playoff baseball is all about. Yeah, I think it's safe to say this is going to be the toughest of the remaining tests, right? Uh, It's the bottom end of the rotation for the Blue Jays. No Brios, no uh, Gosman uh, available this weekend. It'll be Ryu, Bassett, Kikuchi. So the third, fourth, and fifth, however you want to order it, versus a Rays team that's going to be at least sending out their best tonight in Tyler Glasnow, and it's going to be as motivated. You can't question the motivations for the Tampa Bay Rays mm-hmm. as we 
speak because while they gained one on the Baltimore Orioles last night and have an opportunity to still catch them, I expect that maybe there's a throwaway game at the end of the season, but not now. So this is the toughest test because we know the Yankees Mm -hmm. aren't doing what the Rays are doing right now. Okay, well, we're going to take a break and have our last half an hour here on the Fan Morning Show. we got some fun stuff to do, um, some predictions that no one can hold us accountable for because this is it for us. So we'll have a little fun. We'll do some Leafs, Raptors, Jays, a little general. Um, Wake and Rake can be our last one, so we better win it. So make it a fun one. Make it a positive one. I see lots of plus money, Jays, money line. I'm loving it. Let's just go go all out and win a big one um, before we say goodbye. Final break of the Fan Morning Show, Justin and Ailish. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Final countdown for realsies. This one's for the Hamlets, as far as I'm concerned. This block for the is Hamlets. for the Hamlets. Going to miss the Hamlets. Yeah, we're, just... we're, not, we're not here without the Hamlets. No, I mean, no. Like, we are most they loyal. fund our station. <laughs> yeah, they they're, are... they're buying a lot of Lexuses. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, yes, this is it for us. It's going to be a fun send-off for us as we hand it over to Brent and Ben on Monday morning. So we thought, because it's our last morning show, it's our last time on this time of the airwaves. We could do some maybe bold predictions, some crystal ball <laughs> we predictions. We can unveil a new segment. Because you can't hold us accountable for it. We'll never talk to you again at eight. Ah, we'll probably be a guest. Oh, no. I guess we have to say yes to every request that we ever get from the morning show because we know how tough of a grind it is to get guests. And, and we kind of, oh, I mean, Danielle won't be booking every guest for the morning, but, but if Danielle needs us for anything, we're saying yes. we, I mean, we're, we're forever indebted. So, yeah. Maybe that's, give us like a, a month buffer, like to get through. A month? You want like, a month? Well, just to like. I got news for you. Just to like, you know, settle <laughs> in and it's not let be them a month. talk to new people and let mm. us recover emotionally. And then you can call us in a month. I'll give them that. You can call me in a week, Daniele. Well, no, I meant Daniele can call me whenever. The morning show. Give me a month. Okay. okay. Give me a month. We'll be back, though. So some crystal ball predictions that you, yeah, we're just going to say it and sign off. So It's the crystal ball. Take it as you'd like. Uh, We can do Leafs, Raptors, Jays, General, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. And just trade them? Let's start with the Leafs because they're amidst the beginning of their training camp. There's a lot of excitement around this team. There's a lot of, as Nick Caprios put it, positive vibes only. And I'm going to keep rolling with that. I think the Maple Leafs could have the number one power play in the league. Okay. Now, let me tell you why. They are way more deep in the two power play units than they have ever been. You got Domi, Bertuzzi. Imagine Bertuzzi and Domi net front. I'm moving anyone around. Klingberg, who literally can only play offense. As a defenseman. Okay. And Morgan Riley. So you have kind of the same guy twice. You could stagger them on two power play units. So you've named four guys who aren't like guys who actually well, contributed to the power play last year. That's what I'm saying. New depth. Hello. Uh, you obviously have Nyes, who's going to be a full-time player on this team. Matthews. Everyone's playing the power play. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. Like, I can go through it all. But I saw this video on Twitter yesterday of, Matthew, er, of Matthews doing one-timers with Guy Boucher. In the OV spot. Ooh. Not on his strong side, on his opposite side, because you know how he does a little snap and release. Now he's mm-hmm. setting up for 
OV1Ts on the power play. So I think I have number one power play in the league. It's my uh, take. Okay. Crystal ball. Uh, I, I think mine's like a little bit more reckless because, again, no one can hold us accountable for, for what we're saying here. Uh, I mean, I guess mine's a bit subjective, but I think the city's going to fall, and I talked about this a little yesterday. I think the city's going to fall in love with this team. I mean, I remember growing up, it was all, it was Darcy Tucker. It was Shane oh, Corson. It was, my guy. it was cult heroes who got, gave you something that this, this Leaf team has not given you in a long time. And I didn't even mention Ty Domi. Uh, there's another Domi. I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like this team is going to hit on a lot of the dimensions that are entertaining and endearing. And for the reality, the last couple of years, this team has been kind of hard to like in many ways. And mm-hmm. I think that's because the depth had the absence of personality and impact. Like gone are the Pierre Engvalls and in are the Bertuzzi's, Domi's and Reeves. This team is going to give you that blue collar thing that has been lacking and is so admired in the city. Plus it's going to score a million goals and win a lot of games. I think the Maple Leafs are going to have their best season in the Matthews and Marner Mm -hmm. era this season. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to go to the Eastern Conference final. I'm not going to tell you what happens after that. But as I gaze into the crystal ball, one addition on the blue line and the best result that this Leafs team has had in this iteration of it I'm this year. I'm feeling the same vibes. I have them winning the division. I mean, the Bruins are down. The Tampa's down. Florida might be the biggest fight. Uh, but this is the year they actually win the division. Um, I think the thing with Florida is I don't think they can do what they did. I think it was like eighty-two times. Yeah, it was like it's it's playoff hockey. You don't do. You can't have the same intensity. They peaked at the very end of the season. They peaked and it. they sure peaked. And they might be dangerous in the playoffs yeah. again. But I think the Leafs are more of a repeatable. Well, they're a regular game season game team. We know that we Leafs know. are the best regular season team. Uh, I'm totally on board with those. I think Matthews and Marner can both get over 100 points this year. Uh, I think they need to if we have these high aspirations for them. Um, I think Nyes could be a top three Calder Trophy candidate okay, now we're, now alongside we're Bedard and Fantilli. Yeah. Matthew Nyes, if he's playing with the best of the best, if he's racking up points, he's, I don't know, top three. Michael Bunting was at the Calder Trophy Awards two years ago. Matthew yeah. Nyes will then take his place. I don't think he'll win it, but he'll be there. Okay. He'll be there in like a nice suit. I like it. I like it. Uh, so all positive and all all vibes, really, for the Leafs. Uh, I'm not sure we can say the same about the Raptors. Oh, I'm not do done with next? the Leafs. Okay, go, go on. Um, Empty the clip. This is a big one. William Nylander will represent the Maple Leafs at the All-Star Game. No, justice, that's impossible. Justice that's impossible. Really. Who's hosting the All-Star Game this year? I believe it's the city of Toronto. It and sure the Toronto is. Maple Leafs. It sure is. This is a year that William Nylander this might be the represents year. the Maple Leafs at the All-Star Game. You lock it in now. Okay. Okay. September 22nd, Willie for is the All-Star Game. Is there room for three forwards? It's Willie's year. Okay. And then I have one over and under for you. Okay. Let's hear it. Ryan Reeves over under six and a half fights this season. Let me give you context. Last year, he had seven. The three years before that, he had three. This is like traditional fights on hockeyfights.com mm. or whatever. I will take the over because I think he's going to be so juiced up oh, to yeah. start. Like he might have four in the first 10 games. I think it's and then a situation, heavy over. Then the situation will dictate uh, 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 how many more there are. But I, I do think that he's going to be ready and really, really eager to show how he can help this team because it's, I mean, as much as he's got the salary uh, stability and a couple and three years on the contract, uh, he's going to want to prove that he should stay in this lineup and it's going to mm-hmm. be a competitive lineup to stay in. It's Willie's year. Willie's year. All right. Um, Willie's year and Ryan Reese is here. The two of them. <laughs> Those are our stars. Maybe more Willie, but Revo yeah. too. Uh, Willie to the All-Star game. Okay. You want to go Raptors now? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the Raptors is uh, definitely less interesting given that there's a lot of unknown, but there's also not much expectation. Um, I do think the Raptors are kind of going to burn another season here. Yeah. I think there's going to be misplaced Lillard interest, uh, no traction on Siakam, not enough support in the end for guys like Scotty Barnes and OG and Obi. I think it's a developmental year. It's a year where Darko is going to come in and do a lot of evaluating, hopefully on the up and up and not Hmm. stealing from the New York Knicks. But... Here's a hot take because no one else is going to care about it. Yes. The Raptors win the in-season tournament. That's what I want. Late November is the highlight of the Raptors season. No one else cares, but the Raptors do. The Raptors find some success and some solace. They win something this year. in a tournament no one cares about. I'm so on board with them winning the (laughs) in-season tournament, and we called it the mid-season tournament, as Mm -hmm. in like mid-teams are going to care about it, and that's the Toronto Raptors. They will be the mid-season champions, and then that's it. That's all we'll have, but... Let me give you something else that they're going to have. I think Darko is going to be a fan favorite. I think people are going to be happy to flip the switch on the Nick Nurse sideline squats. I think Darko is going to hustle his way into the hearts of Raptors fans. um, And he's going to erase the narrative that he's a thief from the New York Knicks. um, And win that in-season tournament. I also would like to make my bold prediction that Grady Dick will win the three-point contest. Oh, man. And he will be on the cover of GQ this year. Okay. I can see the latter. One might lead to the other. One might lead to the other, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, there will be nothing but plaudits and flowers and opportunities for him if he wins uh, the premier competition at the NBA All-Star Game. It's going to take something for him to get that invite, though. Raps sneak into the playoffs, maybe don't do much, though. Through the play-in, or are we talking, yeah, they're going to win a play-in game, finally? They trade either one of OG, Trent, and Pascal, though, contractual reasons why. Oof. Dennis Schroeder. Loves the city of Toronto. The city of Toronto loves him. Okay. Builds on that FIBA momentum. Makes us feel a little bit less sad about Fred Van Vliet leaving. Anything else? We have serious Messiah conversations next well, spring. These, these things feel like they're competing. No. Nope. You are, think why, sneaking what's... into the playoffs is enough for the trust in Messiah once again? We're doing the same thing over and over again. I think we'll have some conversations about that next year. Is it because... Underperforming. So we're going to let him make that trade? And an Obi Siakam. We're gonna let him. What are we gonna take him? If we're not, if we're not clear about, uh, <laughs> if we're not clear about his future, I don't think all three of those players will continue to play for the Raptors. So issue. you're expecting, uh, yeah, I think we're expecting opposite things here. You're expecting some movement, some action, things to happen. Well, I honestly, that's think, what they want. I honestly and think they they're gonna do that. nothing. Uh, maybe I just am willing myself to have something that the Raptors do, but they'll win the midseason tournament and they'll be mid. So it is eerily quiet around this team, but I feel like that's because. They're trying, and it ain't happening. How many more times are we going to see a rumor about Pascal Siakam? Like, it's just, it's just going to happen, or is he going to continue playing under, like, Doesn't the... Doesn't feel like no one, anyone wants him. It's not great. We I mean, should they take Raptors? him, but, like, Kobe Bufkin off the table, we're not <laughs> interested. We're the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, that's tough. It's not great. Any more Raptors? Highlight is Grady Dick. No, I thought I was taking it too far with the in-season tournament. The mid-season, mid-season tournament. tournament. We really have it's to... the mid-season is, tournament. It is the mid-season tournament. Jays. Okay, so the AL West team that goes to the wild card seems destined for Minnesota, right? Unless one of them completely beats up on the other. But I expect Seattle and Texas to kind of just take one, and it really does help mm. the Jays. Which means, though, that the Blue Jays go to the Trop, and we know what happens at the Trop. Oh, except this time it prediction. doesn't. Except oh. this time it doesn't. The Blue Jays are going to get in the wild card. They're going to go to the Trop, and they're going to grind out a series victory. I don't know how. Interesting. But they're going to do it because what have the Blue Jays done all season long? 
do what you don't expect them to do, really. It's been a roller coaster. It's up and down. When you expect it to be good, it goes bad. When you expect something bad to happen, it goes well. Uh, if the Blue Jays go into the trop, everybody is going to be thinking they're going to lose. It's been a house of horrors. It's been an absolute nightmare pretty much every time they've stepped foot in that godforsaken ballpark. But because they always, at least this year, Give us one that's unexpected. I think they're going to grind out a wild card series win. Not going to say they're going to beat Houston up next because, mm-hmm. frankly, I, I don't think the Blue Jays can beat a team like Houston in a, in a seven-game series. The short sample, they might be able to catch the Rays, and we kind of call off the dogs in the offseason. Ross Atkins doesn't sit on his hands because he realizes we were fortunate here. It was a bad season. It was a team, not a bad season, but it was a season that fell short of expectations and could have went so much better. You had the best pitching staff maybe in the history, at least my history, of watching this team, and it was as close as it's been. (laughs) So I do think they're going to learn from this, but because they won something, it's going to prevent major change at the managerial level, and Alec Manoa will be traded. Wow. You just snuck that one in there at the end, eh? That's all I got. I don't think he'll be traded. Who's trading for him? Someone will. Some desperate Oakland like, Athletics look, look team? Look at the New York Yankees, and I know they're not doing oh, it because Garrett Cole God, and him would just... God, they would never trade for <laughs> Alec Manoa. They'd have to, like, they'd have to, you know, like a hockey team would have, like, bucket fight, like, something yeah, they'd like that. What do like, locker what, box? What, yeah, locker box. Whatever the baseball equivalent is, they just have to get their frustrations out right away. Um, but a team, there are teams like that who are spending so much money and getting nothing. And that's the thing about Alec Manoa, he doesn't make much money. And maybe you can turn him around Mm. and you don't have to open up the checkbook again in order to inject maybe with talent or at least potential talent. The guy did get nominated for Cy Young and maybe uh, there's just more to it. I think he needs a season before... I think he needs to show that he can pitch again before someone's taking that I don't think the Blue Jays are getting him that opportunity. I guess we'll find out. These are our crystal balls. Um... My, you've touched on most of them. I said Nate Pearson traded. Uh, Looney Dogs comes back bigger than ever with a new official spokesperson. I wonder who that'll be. Hmm. Your evening's now kind of hmm. spoken for. I could do it from the ballpark in a Looney Dog costume. Okay. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I just got one or two more random ones because I want to make sure we get time for text and our wake and rake. So Montreal wins the inaugural PWHL trophy, whatever it's going to be named. Whatever. Canadian. I'm, like, just, I'm just calling them that. Whatever their team name is, will win whatever the team trophy is this season. Lock it in now. Um, I think the NHL will reinstate their Olympic participation this year. Okay. I'll I hope take that do. one. If nothing else happens, give me that. Kane to Buffalo. Okay. He's currently here in Toronto training as he rehabil- rehabilitates from his hip surgery and Buffalo's interest. I think he does it. Those are my final bold predictions. I have two championship predictions. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup, and they're going to win it in a way that makes us feel like they're going to win the next five Stanley Cups. I think this is the year of the Oiler. Uh, I think they've made the right moves to get to the point where they are maximizing a roster with two of the best, I would say, three players on the planet, on the team. I think they're going to be incredibly dominant when the playoffs roll around, and the Miami Dolphins are going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm really glad we did this. <laughs> you can record it if you'd like, but don't send us any freezing cold Ho- takes. Hopefully one of these. I think correct. one will hit, and then we'll remember this moment. Okay, guys. Well, we have lots of texts to go through. Um, we'll do a wake and rake, and we'll try to read as many as we can before we say goodbye. Wake up! Now it's time for wake and rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. Okay, so we're going to try to make it a very fun, positive 
fruitful wake and rake because we, it's the end of us. Then we realized like it's kind of like it was going to be like, a, oh, this is the best case scenario for the Jays parlay, but mm. it's kind of hard to put that together. But we tried. Okay, so let's quickly read some. Corey Waterloo says Jays to win plus money bounce back spot. Eric Biggie in Burlington says Diamondbacks plus money against the Yankees. Jays and Rays over. Braves and Nationals over. Okay. Dan in Peterborough um, wants something from Biggio. It's time to get Biggio to 60 hits, so maybe just a Biggio hit. Um, Steven Sutton, shout out Sutton, my hometown. Jays on the money line. Love that. Adrian from Burlington um, has a couple here. Colorado Buffaloes to cover the spread. LSU money line. Florida Straight, Florida State spread. And Atlanta Falcons plus money on the money line. Mm, in Detroit. Uh, TJ in Stovall says Jays money line. Um, we've I, think got we, I think we know what the anchor is. Neil in Newfoundland. <sighs> one last tennis pick, he says. Oh, my God. Uh, I am playing this. Ben Shelton. The cows come home. One and a half game spread versus Arthur Fields, right? Fields? I think so. <clears throat> we like that a lot. Fields. Fields, 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 Fields. I'm in my Fields. Ian the Snowpile Driver. Springer or Vladdy for a dinger, plus money, both batting over 400 and with a home run against Glasnow. Corey from Port Hope uh, says Orioles money line versus Cleveland. It's almost even money, which is too good to pass up on. So I think for sure Jay's money line is locked in from the text line. No doubt about it. It's a positive Friday final show. We got to have something good. Yeah, let's do it. So it's, Jay's it's, money it's line. It's the anchor. 100%. Uh, Bassett, Glasnow, Jay's plus 130. I'm seeing it. That's a good place to start a profitable one. Okay. What would you like? Okay. So I'm looking at Seattle and Texas because, you know, they're like, obviously the teams that we're most interested in at this point. And what's like the best case scenario for a game between Seattle and Texas right now? Well, you can't have a tie. So how about just both pitching staffs blow up? Like just awful awful pitching. Texas's bullpen looks as bad as it's been. Seattle has nothing left in the tank. They just, they they can't pitch anymore. One, they maybe, maybe can. But I'm hoping that both pitching staffs look bad and the offenses look, you know, pretty good, but maybe error-filled helping things out just a little bit. Uh, Mariners and Rangers over nine minus one and oh five. Okay. I just want the Diamondbacks to beat the Yankees. I don't like the Yankees. They suck. It's plus money. Let's just do it. I mean, uh, uh, I, I yeah. yeah. Why not? Plus money against the Yankees. If it's there just saw that throughout the rest franchise. of the season, unless Garrett Cole Perfect. is pitching. And Garrett Cole is not going to be plus money at any point. There you go. So I, I, it might be betting against the Yankees until the end of the season. This is it, folks. Uh, Blue Jays to win. Over eight and a half in the Mariners and Rangers and Diamondbacks to win. Plus 755. That's a big one. Wow. Okay, so we got about five minutes. Um, we can read you some nice texts and we can say goodbye to our lovely listeners. Okay? Let's do it. Uh, Dave and Barry. Thank you for breaking up the monotony of the gym every morning. Ailish, to hear you go from trying to squeeze a word in to leading the mornings has been awesome. (laughs) I'm sure you've inspired some young listeners, like Jules, on her way to school in the mornings. Mm. It's really sweet. Once Cuthbert joined, you two developed a great uh, chemistry, and I can't wait to hear you guys do the pregame show as I run up and down the 400 for my son's final year of U18 AA hockey. There you go. Thank you, Dave and Barry. That is very, very kind of you. Um, Give us the team, by the way. Oh, that's fair. I'd love to cheer them on. Um, Here's another one. Guys, fan morning show, Justin and Ailish. I'm going to miss you guys in the morning. I was choked when the, the 
good show ended and it took me a while to warm up to Ailish, Blake, and JD, but I quickly started to fall in love with the show and became one of the simps. Nice. Then when Justin came to the morning show, I thought it was a really complete morning show and I think you guys have done a great job in the absence of JD and Blake. I just want you to know how great it's been to wake up to both of you and both have you recap the events of yesterday to get some good takes on both of the world of sports. Justin, you're a dark horse Mm. and a wise man. Love your takes. Ailish, you're a beast, always bringing the energy and witty banter and you would fit in in any show. Can't wait to see where life takes you and congrats on grinding and finally being able to get more sleep. Oh, that's a nice text. It's a beautiful text. I can do this all day. <laughs> I'll send you some more. Um, <laughs> Jim and Keswick. You know I have to read anyone from Georgina. Jim and Keswick, on our way to Windsor for a hockey tournament, U16 Upper York Admirals. Very sad today. Going to miss you guys in the morning. Best of luck to them in their season ahead. Um, just lots of just really nice... I don't want to read everybody's, but shout out to the Sutton, Ontario listeners. We had a couple of them text in this morning. so Yeah, we can't read all of them, but uh, yeah, we appreciate all the texts and all the support. Uh, for me, I think this is a duo proven tenable, and uh, that's what we tenable. established over a year, at least in my opinion. And uh, no secret, I wouldn't be here without you. And this has been the highlight of my professional oh my career to God, date. Justin. So thank you, Ailish. And I will let you say goodbye because oh, this time. has been your show for... No, it hasn't. It's our show. No, but this you've been here for a long time. Not a long time, but you've been through iterations of it. And mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone wants to hear you say goodbye. Well, I definitely remember my first ever morning show and it was with JD and Blake and I was completely out of my comfort zone. I had never done radio before. I had never really covered anything but hockey as a hockey player. And I definitely felt um, that I had a big mountain to climb and JD and Blake helped with that. They definitely pushed me. And when they moved off the show and I got to start a little bit here with a bit more of my own voice, I definitely felt like I found it. And I appreciate uh, the trust in that and the belief in that. Ailish shower forever. I definitely feel like it's been a big learning curve for everyone, but I feel um, really proud that we've both made it this far, and I feel like I'm a better broadcaster because of the last two years, so a thank you to J.D. and Blake and to Daniele and Vic, who moved on. Vic was our first mm. board up, and now Josh, of course, who's filled in over the last year, and then, of course, Justin. We go way back, and it has been a pleasure to share this studio with you, but we won't be in this studio anymore. So we get to leave today on the last day of summer, as we enter fall mm-hmm. and start on our own our own journey, a new time slot, a completely different lifestyle for us both, but we have an incredible, incredible listenership. Um, thank you to everybody that texts in every morning. Like it really made this so special for me. Oh no, I'm not emotional. So thanks. You got it. You oh got no, this. I just want to say thank you. Um, it's really been a pleasure to wake up every morning with you. Okay, that's enough. All right. Uh, Gunning and Ennis will take you on Monday through the rest of this sports season and into the new year. And I can't wait uh, to support them. And they're going to be in, you You will be in great hands, listeners. So tune in and give them your love. Text them, use the text line. And uh, we will chat with you guys shortly in about two weeks on our new show. And Monday night, with the very first Maple Leafs game on the pregame there. So finally, Justin. Let's do it. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Ailish. Thanks, everyone. That's it for Justin and Ailish on the Fan Morning Show.